0: Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner, Sports and Entertainment, and Hello Fresh present Inside the Nest, a weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. takes the snap and drops the throw, here comes the pressure, airs it far side, it is batted away and picked off in the end zone, the Owls have won it in overtime, bust out the plank, it was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history, hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, 60 to 52. And now, let's go inside the nest. Inside the Nest, presented by Hello Fresh, as the Owls are finally back at home. Kennesaw State takes on Reinhardt here at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. As always, we welcome you into Inside the Nest. And Nathan, the Owls come off of a 35-24 win at Missouri State. Definitely a tale of two halves, yeah. one that the Owls kind of – I don't want to say sleepwalk because it wasn't they weren't playing hard, but they made a lot of little mistakes here and there, a lot of missteps, turned the ball over deep in their end of the field. And again, just a tale of two halves. In the second half, they just came out and blew past them like a Midwestern storm. Yeah,
1: and it was a little bit of a surprise to see the score 16-7, which, I mean, very well could have been 16-0 going into the halftime if Isaac Foster doesn't break that big run there to kind of calm everybody down and get in the locker room. Of course, we got a chance to talk to Coach Bohannon at half Time of that game, and he was really upset about the officiating. He felt like there were some bad calls, some missed calls. I am on the sideline for the games. It appeared to me that the defense was offsides almost every single play against Kennesaw State. They got an extra step in to stop the run, and, and you know. Credit to Missouri State. They look like a pretty good, talented football team that was able to stop what Kennesaw State was doing early. Kennesaw State was stopping themselves early. Then you turn the ball over at the one-yard line, something Daniel David does not do traditionally. And then, first of all, the punt was a gorgeous punt by Missouri State. Give them credit, not taking anything away from them. They won the first half of that game. Kennesaw State came out and, like you said, blasted them there in the second half. It was more of a Kennesaw-esque kind of performance. But the big plays Brian, is what we look at and go, wow, Rex Steiner is healthy. The threat that he provides up the gut, and then Isaac Foster, just that weapon, once he gets the edge, he's very, very difficult to stop.
0: Piggybacking on the point about the officiating, you know, the cut-blocking schemes that the Owls run, I'm not sure these crews really know how to interpret the difference between a cut-block, which is legal, and a chop-block, which is illegal. Now, Coach Bohannon has made the point from time to time that he sees the opposing coach lobbying the officials before the game about this, and then as it turns out, it's sometimes something gets stuck in your head and the judgment and all those things, and there are legal plays that are flagged as penalties and right. that really especially on the road works to the owls disadvantage time after time after time
1: yeah and i think the big concern here is it's the missouri valley crew that you may see again yeah. in the playoffs and you and i were talking what are the opportunities for coach bohanan to get into those guys here when you're there and saying hey that is not a penalty i can tell you this much coach bohanan was in the ear of the side official and the back judge a lot on that game who are making some of those calls and uh you know you don't know whether it's going Going to help or not could be a totally different Missouri Valley crew but they should know the difference between a chop block and a cut block and when you get called for a chop block traditionally you see it's it's an obvious thing and I think Coach has just been frustrated with the calls against what is a legal cut block so
0: and the other thing about the officiating was that again you know you don't want to criticize them you don't want to blame them obviously the owls overcame it but The phantom interference calls, I think there were at least two of them that stood out where there was zero contact. Not only that, but when did they change, or uh, I don't think they changed the rule, that if the ball's 20 yards beyond the play or 15 yards behind the play – you're not supposed to call that, but the Owls kind of mysteriously got flagged for two of them that were blatantly bad calls. Yeah,
1: the one that I know that uh, it probably could have been a hold early before the pass was thrown that was called pass interference, but the other one, it looked like the ball was way over the head. You had two guys end up uh, on the ground, and there's no way anyone's going to catch it, and I didn't see any contact at all between the two players, so coaches are going to have to go back there and maybe appeal the NCAA on on some of those things. I don't know. I I can tell you, Milton Overton, the Kennesaw State AD. Former offensive lineman. Offensive lineman, standing next to me a lot of the game, and he threw his hands up in the air. And look, we're homers, but when it's that blatant and you see the athletic director, he plays the politics game. He knows what he can and can't do. He was livid at some of those calls, and uh, I wouldn't be a surprised if, if you hear of some kind of appeal or some kind of conference just to clarify some of those things.
0: Some broadcast information for you that's a little bit outside the norm. This game on radio will actually come to you on 1340 AM and 103.7 FM. Now, you'll still be able to get it on the TuneIn app, but the difference is because of uh, both Georgia Tech and Major League Baseball conflicts. So broadcast info, again, 1340 AM and 103.7 FM. But one of the oddities, Nathan, about this one is how the Owls won it. When you look at the statistical breakdown, they didn't win the battle of time of possession. You know, they had the one play drives. And like Coach Bohannon says, you know, we'll take it anyway. We can get it. But When you add some of those elements up, the penalties, all of that stuff, the stats would tell you this was not a typical Kennesaw State football
1: game. No, the the first three touchdowns for Kennesaw State, a 75-yard run by Isaac Foster, a 67-yard run by Isaac Foster, and an 85-yard run by Bronson Rechsteiner. That is unheard of. Now, those quick scores kind of flipped the time of possession to Missouri State, which you know, you're know, you fine with that. You'll take the scores all day long. Kennesaw State came out of that second half and out of the locker room, and that big run just really all of a sudden set the tone of, okay, you're two points down, And you've got the momentum because of the earlier play. And then the defense came out, I thought, played really, really well. Can't let that get lost. They were really hitting out there. Those are some big dudes from Missouri State. Kennesaw State went toe-to-toe with them. And uh, the quarterback from Missouri State, I can promise you, felt it on Sunday. There was a lot of big hits. Chance Bates had a couple. I was really happy with Peyton Moore on the edge because you're still missing Andrew Butcher. You're still missing Joel Park in that game. So the defense played really, really well. I think – Big plays are going to worry you. That's now against Kent State. You had a big, long pass. You had a big, long pass against Missouri State. They're taking advantage of probably our corners and our safeties, not seeing a lot of those long passes down the field. But you know what? They've got to defend them. And I thought in the second half they defended them a heck of a lot better.
0: Without the two guys that you mentioned, Joel Parker and Andrew Butcher, the Owls got, especially in the second half, tremendous amounts of pressure on a quarterback who really had for himself a pretty good game but they beat him up pretty good in the second half. A lot of times they may not have sacked him, but, man, did he get pounded around in that game. He was a tough kid to to still be standing upright by the end of that one. And
1: they had a big offensive line that created a pocket. He's a pocket-type passer. He was able to have the heady play to step up into the pocket and then get hit late. So, you know, he had time back there to throw, so give the secondary credit and the linebacker's credit to not allow anything early But the longer you have to defend somebody back there, the more likely that a wide receiver is going to come open or tight end is going to come open. And they had a couple big tight end catches in that game. So, you know, it is kind of a catch-22, but I think that you're right. The the secondary played well. The line got some pressure on uh, their quarterback, and that led to Kennesaw State's defense kind of stopping them on those big plays. Stay tuned, we'll have Owls linebacker
0: Chance Bates, center William Nanafabu, and offensive coordinator Grant Chestnut. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh. We take a timeout if you're listening to Kennesaw State University football. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest off Busby Drive across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's barbecue, OwlTown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks and water will be available for sale. OwlTown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience.
2: Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh.
0: David Undercenter overlooks a four-man front for Missouri State and starts the option near side. Going to pitch it. Foster to the outside. Wide open. 40, 45, 50, 45, and will be slung to the ground. Breaks loose again. He's to the 20. 10, 5. Touchdown, Isaac Foster. 75 yards.
1: Nathan McCurry here with linebacker Chance Bates for Kennesaw State. And... Just a sophomore, I got a chance to play four starts as a freshman last year. What has that experience done for you this year?
3: Uh, It helped me understand what's going on more, be able to play the game faster, and just realize how disciplined you got to be to be on the field with the others.
1: So all those OGs left last year, and they're looking for leaders to step up. Your name keeps coming up as someone who, who's taken kind of a leadership role on this defense. How do you feel about being a leader on the defense?
3: Um, I feel great about it. It's a good thing. When it comes to Kennesaw, it's all about upholding the gold standard, and I try to be a good example for that for the older ones and even the ones that's my age or younger than me. But So to be able to be called a leader is very privileged,
1: and um,
3: I'm going to try to do my best to uphold that gold standard.
1: Now before coming to Kennesaw State, you were a Colby. County Indian, and you played both sides of the ball. What was that experience like? How did you get into football? When did you start playing?
3: Uh, I started playing football when I was four years old, first year. My mom loved telling the story about me being all in the butterflies, but the second year out, I was about five, I started turning it on to be able to play both sides for Carver County High School. In my hometown, tradition is so so big down there, so just being able to help your team out either way you can, best way you can, is just such a good thing.
1: So Muscle Shoals,
3: Alabama, is that where you grew up? No, sir, I grew up in Leeton, Alabama.
1: That needs to be on your profile. It (laughs) says Muscle Shoals on here. But you got a chance to go to Alabama State and play in your home state. What was that like?
3: It was was great. It was great being back home. It's always always good to be back home, play in front of your family, more family members attend that game, and just – just the atmosphere It's great.
1: So you showed out against Kent State. You had eight tackles against the Golden Flashes. What are some goals you have for yourself this year? Goals for myself I have
3: this year is just to get better every day. Um, Keep stacking up those tackles. Keep getting assist tackles, helping my teammates, and just that's it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Coach Blake Harrell talks about the speed of this defense and how impressive it is when he first came here as the new defensive coordinator. What is the key to playing with such speed?
3: Yeah, for attitude and toughness. You gotta here. You gotta be able to run sideline to sideline. That's getting to the ball after every play. No lows, no lows. Everybody run to the ball with the same mentality and just giving it all you got.
1: Oh, you got a game against Reinhart coming up here at home. After a long three-game road trip, what's it going to
3: be like to be playing back at home? Oh, uh, it's gonna be great. We have the student section is uh, brand crowd like they did before, and just being back at the nest is such a great thing. And we have one goal always when we play at home, and that's protecting nest. So we're gonna do our best. We don't we treat all the opponents the same. Everybody everybody gets treated the same. So we're just gonna bring the e and protect the nest.
1: So Reinhardt comes in, and they are a option style offense. You see the option a lot on the other side of the ball. Does that give me an advantage coming uh, against an opponent who runs a similar offense?
3: Most definitely. Option offense is all about discipline, keys, first step, eyes. And just being disciplined, make sure you're doing your assignments. Coach says, always says, PYP, that means play your position. So long as all 11 guys on the side of the ball do their, do their job, you're going to have a great day.
1: All right, well, I can't let you go without saying happy birthday. I know your birthday was the 14th. You turned 20. Uh, did you do anything special?
3: No, sir. I just, celebrated. I just got on the field with my brothers, and we got the good wins. Celebrate it. All right, well,
1: congratulations on a good birthday, and good luck against
4: Reinhardt. Thank you.
5: Brandon Joseph here with one of the big guys, William Nanafabu, and we'll get into the past uh, and how he got into football, but I want to talk about that run with Isaac Foster that ended up on SportsCenter Top 10. You're the unsung
4: hero. Are you getting the credit you deserve for making that run happen? I mean, I don't think of it like that. I mean, it's, it was a great run by Isaac, of course, and um, we were just chasing the ball down the field. And, uh He was about to get tackled, and I really, you know, I didn't really want to get tackled. I wanted to score right there because we were, you know, it was a bad point in the game, man. We were uh, were down, and um, I really wanted to score, so I did what I could and just grabbed Isaac, helped him out, he kept his balance, and it was an amazing play. So, uh,
5: actively calling the play, I had no clue what was going on. Are you actively thinking when the play's going on, like, and you're in that scenario, you're grabbing him and you're like, hey, he's staying up?
4: It just happens, you know, on the field, being on the field. Um, it was just instinct, you know. I didn't really want Isaac to get tackled or not. And, uh, I just, it just happened. I just did it in the moment. You guys,
5: as offensive line, you guys get to that second, third level even. Talk about, as offensive linemen, the pride you take in being able to put a helmet on a safety on a linebacker at the second and third level.
4: Uh, we take a lot of pride in that because um, we practice it every day. We practice hard, and we always you know, practice getting downfield, securing each level, and um, getting to the players where we can get to. You know, We emphasize not letting a hat cross your face. So, you know, we go downfield and we just look for a hat, look for somebody blocking, we take a lot of pride in it because we work hard in practice to do it, so when we get to a game, we wanna, want it to pay off.
5: Wrapping up about the Missouri State game, talk about that locker room in halftime and how this team was different coming out of there. What was said in there, whether it be amongst the players or the coaches, but you guys came out and you lit a fire in the second half.
4: Honestly, not much was uh, said. We knew what we had to do. We came out in the first half. Things weren't going our way. We were beating ourselves. With our penalties and stuff, and um, we just knew that we knew we could we could get it on them, and we knew you know we were the team. So we just went to halftime, did some adjustments, and uh, just emphasized you know cleaning up our play. And we went on second half, and things just happened.
5: As an offensive lineman, there's a lot of different skill traits learned between all the positions. I want to know from you, at what point did you start learning them and you know, did you have a preference or was this kind of thing like, hey, I'm the biggest kid, I have to be a lineman? Or was it a thing where you always enjoyed the, the intricacies of being an offensive lineman?
4: Um, yeah, I was always an offensive lineman. I mean, I was always I big, so that's why I was I played offensive and defensive line. So I enjoy it. It's fun being in the trenches. And, uh, you know, that's where the big boys are. And we just go head up with each other and we uh, we smash heads. So it's fun. I enjoy the skill set. You know, I, I personally think, you know, I'm very skillful and, um versatile being able to do things on the field especially here at at Kennesaw with our offense we run so it's fun though
5: for guys who don't know the difference in between the guard tackle center position just quick you know overview of what the skill sets are different between the three positions
4: here, the center uh, obviously snaps the ball. Center snaps the ball everywhere, and um, we have our four cores here and just different things to focus on. Center mostly focuses on making sure the center QB exchange right and um, his scoops and uh, back blocks. And then the guards focus on their base blocks, mostly base blocking guards that we bring in here and um, pulls, you know, pass pro. And then the tackles are more like uh, they veer in. They focus on veering in and. Just things like that. So, there's different skill sets here.
5: Going on to this week, facing a Reinhardt team that runs an option. So, you're going to face defensive linemen who know the whole principles that you guys intact also. Talk about what you guys have to do as an offensive line to combat a team that is well versed. A lot of what they see of the option is oh, they have a short time to prepare, so they have to cram. This is a team that doesn't have to cram.
4: I mean, we don't really focus on that. We don't really think about that. any team, any defense we prepare, how we need to prepare, which is uh, full speed, full effort, and um, you know, getting to the right places, getting to the right hats. So we're preparing for their defense, and we're not – you know, we play, we go against our defense here, and they know the triple option, so it's not something that we're, we mentioned.
5: Coach is always talking about the character of the team. Do you feel at this point in the season you guys are developing what kind of team you want to be, what kind of legacy you want
4: to leave? I feel like we're getting there. We're taking baby steps. Um we're a young team, and this past game was definitely a big step towards growing and growing our character and, you know, being more mature and, you know, going through adversity, you know, how the game went. And, uh, you know, we were able to come out in the second half and um, just grow. So I, I believe we're growing daily. We've got to keep working. we got a lot of work to do, but we're, we're growing, definitely growing daily. Awesome.
5: Appreciate you, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate
1: you. Nathan McCurry here with Coach Grant Chestnut, uh, offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for Kennesaw State. and Coach, you're doing it again. Uh, Kennesaw State, total offense first in the Big South, 518 yards. You had a big game against Missouri State coming up. Just talk about this offense, how it's, how it's clicking so far.
6: Well, you know, of course, the numbers are nice. Um, we're, we're, we're definitely excited about some of the production. The truth of the matter is, is we're not even close to uh, maximizing who we can be. We've got a handful of guys that are playing at a pretty high level. Uh, but the reality is is that we have several guys that aren't playing well enough. We're not making enough progress right now. Uh, we you know that's the challenge on a daily basis for, for our coaches as well as as well as the young men, you know, as well as the guys playing. You know, again, I don't want to minimize our production. We're excited about that. But we have a long way to go if we're really going to maximize what we can be offensively. We've never really gotten too carried away with any number but, you know, wins and losses and uh, touchdowns and first downs, you know. Um, we've got a long way to go before we're ready to, to say we've made it.
1: Losing Chandler Burks at the quarterback position, you knew a new quarterback's coming in, but Daniel David had a lot of experience. So far he's done well, five rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. How, how would you evaluate his so far this year,
6: oh, he's played great. I'm, I'm very pleased. He's one of the guys that I was referring to a moment ago that's playing at a high level. Daniel is—he's uh, paid his dues, and uh, it's his time, and he's really embracing it in, in every facet. I can't say enough positive things about David and how he's going about his business.
1: The offensive line was a huge question mark coming in. One of the big statistics that st- uh, that stared me in the face was tackles for loss allowed. You're first in the Big South of only four. How's the offensive line progressing?
6: Well, like I said, there's a handful of guys on the entire offensive unit that are playing well. There's one or two up front that I feel like are, are progressing at a rate that is palatable, I guess you could say. They're getting better every day. And there's some other guys that we're challenging so that they will get better faster. I think overall we're making progress. That's very positive. But again, right now we're in the process of developing a young offensive line. We've made some progress, but we still have a long way to go. I have complete confidence in these young men and and what they're going to grow into being. I think we're going to be a dominant offensive line before this group is done playing for us. We're just in that process of developing young players right now.
1: So we're going to look at Missouri State. The first half, you were down 16-7 at halftime. What did you see in that that first half that besides the penalties, and I know that was a thing, what, what was Missouri State able to do that a lot of teams hadn't been able to do with the, to this Kennesaw State offense?
6: Well, honestly, it wasn't really about Missouri State. It was about Kennesaw State. It was about what we were doing from an execution standpoint, which is, you know, all the comments that I'm making about our process and developing our young players that really is what it comes down to we we weren't blocking people we weren't maintaining blocks in the second half we came out and we did a better job we ran the same plays with the exception of one play that was a different play than you know that we had not run in the first half the simple fact of the matter is is we executed better in the second half and that's the process you know of being a consistent offensive team is being able to go out and execute on a rep-in, rep-out basis, and then then you're going to maximize your talent. And there's plenty of talent at at every position on our offensive unit to be very, very good. Uh, We just got to keep working hard to develop it. One
1: of the highlights was Bronson Rex Steiner. We saw some glimmers of what Bronson can do a couple years ago. He's battled some injuries. What can he mean for this offense?
6: Man, you saw what Bronson can mean to this offense on uh, Saturday, last Saturday, you know, an explosive, you know, powerful runner. And, and we've been waiting for his breakout moment for, for a couple years now. So we're thrilled to see Bronson excelling. He's playing better without the ball, which is so important at his position. But obviously he's showing up with the ball in his hands and he's doing a great job. You know, I'm hopeful that the confidence that he has coming out of Saturday will obviously catapult him you know, forward this season. He can be a you know, very dynamic player for us.
1: So you've got Reinhardt coming in here, in NAIA school, a very good NAIA school. Uh, what do you know about them? I know they do run the option style offense.
6: Well, they're not really an option style offense. Uh, they're more of a, a wing T offense, which is, is very different from us in one capacity, but very similar in that they want to control the football and run the football. I'll tell you this, knowing their head coach and, and knowing a little bit about the development of their program, They go about their business in a very similar way as we do here at Kennesaw State. They work very hard. They have high standards and expectations. They played for the national championship two years ago. I believe their head coach has only lost four games. In his tenure, I think he's something like 24 and 4. I may be a little bit off on the number of wins and losses, but they've got a very good football team and program that they have built from the ground up up there.
1: So, just kind of going back in your history a little bit, you were the head coach at uh, Central High School, 2010, a year that went 0 and 10. Three years later, you're in the playoffs. Just to relate back to Missouri State. There were some areas for Kennesaw State that didn't go the right way. How do you build off a 0-10 season or a game like Missouri State where you saw some things that didn't go the way you wanted to?
6: Yeah, when we took over at Central, we took over a program that, that hadn't won a game in 16 tries. In that first year we found a way to uh, to win four games and you would have thought that uh, we'd won the Super Bowl in that community and then as you said, you know, in time we were able to, you know, turn it into a, a playoff caliber program, but you know, the correlation between the two games as far as Missouri State and the learning experience, it's all about the culture, it's all about the foundation of quality of work and and what you've heard me comment and, and truthfully challenge myself and our offensive unit in this interview is consistent reps, execution, effort execution attention to detail that's really what turned the central program around just being diligent caring enough to give of yourself for something that's greater than yourself and those same things have applied to Kennesaw State obviously under coach Bohannon's leadership it's all the same culture all the same buy-in that leads to success
1: well coach thanks for joining us appreciate it on this podcast this interview has been brought to you by HelloFresh more of Inside the Nest when we return
0: Hey, do you love your KSU Owls but can't commit to a full season ticket? Then the new three-game flex plan may be just the thing for you. Choose any three of the 2019 home games, get complimentary parking, and your choice of a variety of seat locations. The three-game flex plan is available for as low as $75. The two-time defending Big South champion Owls are out to win a historic third consecutive conference title. So get your three-game flex plan today. Go to ksuowls.com slash tickets or call 470-KSU-OWLS.
2: If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh.
0: Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest off Busby Drive across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's barbecue, OwlTown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. OwlTown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game, fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. First and 10, moving right to left, trailing 16 14 inside. handoff, Rex Steiner into the open and gone. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Bronson, Rex Steiner. 85 yards, and just like that, the Owls have snatched the lead. Welcome back. Inside the Nest, presented by Hello Fresh. And now we turn our attention to Reinhardt from right up the road in Cherokee County. In fact, geographically, this is. The closest university that plays football to Kennesaw State, that, Nathan, presents a couple of things. For one, it's an NAIA program, but unlike Point, this is not a very old program, but one that's had a tremendous amount of success here in the early portion of their existence as a program. I think they started in 13, and they've made the playoffs, I believe it's each of the last four Mm -hmm. years. The other thing is that as an NAIA program coming to take on a ranked FCS program that's that close to you, it's kind of a Super Bowl for Reinhardt to come in here. And you'd also expect some of their fans to travel well from Cherokee County down here too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. They were ranked in the top 10, uh, number eight in the NAIA. They took a big loss too. So they're coming off a loss where it's a 14-12 upset. Kaiser a uh, second year uh, yep, program College out of Florida defeated them. And they're going to be fired up to get back in the win column. Again, when you look at an NAIA school, the level of athletes just not going to be there. Kennesaw State obviously played NAIA school point earlier and just completely blew them out. I don't think this is going to be that kind of game. I think the Owls are going to win it handily, but Reinhardt's a pretty good program. They're going to be fired up to come in to Kennesaw State's house and at least show them you know that they can play football.
0: Probably not much doubt. A lot of these players are going to know each other from before and during their college careers.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that kind of makes it interesting because of the the dynamic of knowing the players have been been around them and and watching these guys from high school get a chance to play at the next level. You know, I don't care whether you're NAIA, Division Two, II, Division Three. Playing college football is an accomplishment, and uh, you know these guys and have fun when they see a, a peer on the on the field, no matter what level it is.
0: Well, the Owls, of course, lead all Division One football teams in rushing offense, 411 or so yards a game. But Reinhardt, while they do some option-based things... They spread it around a little bit, and they're kind of wide open at times. And I think the one difference a lot of times of what you see, Nathan, is you might see a little bit less discipline on an NAIA squad, disciplined approach to the sport than you see on an NCAA FCS squad. We don't know that about Reinhardt. I'm giving that based on what NAIA teams we've certainly seen in the past.
1: They do run the ball a lot. They average nearly 300 yards per game. They only throw it – about a hundred yards per game. I think what you're going to see is it may be the quickest game in, in, yeah,
0: <laughs> in college football history. It hadn't been for the weather, the Wofford playoff game That's might right. have been
1: that. Both teams are going to be prepared for the option because they've seen it, they know it, they know the ins and outs of it, and it's assignment football fundamentals. And I think for Kennesaw State, they'll have a bye week coming up after this yep. game. Get back to your fundamentals. They're going to they're going to break down the Missouri State tape. I can promise you there's some bad taste in their mouth over some of the things that happened there. Get back, come out on your home field after that long three-game road trip and get home and, and have some time to rest after Reinhardt and get to break in before you start conference play.
0: Coach told me this morning that Reinhardt's quarterback is a really impressive player That that is dynamic, you know, he's mobile, he runs around, he does a lot of things. The Owls, though, have had success against quarterbacks that are dual threat guys, and we've certainly seen that. Going to be interesting to see how that plays on Saturday here, too.
1: Yeah, I think that what, one thing that uh, Coach Harrell will tell you, he was so impressed when he got here about the speed of this defense. Yeah. You can play those those contains on the edge, and that makes it very difficult for an option team because of the speed that the Owls have on defense. Man, it's going to make, be very difficult to run. You almost have to establish it up the middle like the Owls have had to do against teams. Establish it up the middle, opens it up a little bit. And you may have to pass the ball where you're not as comfortable as throwing the ball as, as you are running it.
0: Bronson Recksteiner was named the offensive player of the week in the Big South for his efforts against Missouri State. He just continues to have a monster year for the Owls knock on wood, of course, you know sure. he battled the injuries the last two years. But what stands out for me that that's almost freakish about him is as big and as solid a guy as he is. Man, he can motor. Yeah, he, he can. breaks into the open. This guy can really, really run.
1: If you haven't checked out the uh, the owl social media where they put Bronson Rexsteiner's head on Forrest Gump as he's running down <laughs> the field, it. uh, you need to check it out. It's pretty, it's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, they're, they're seeing the the next level speed, that extra gear. When he creates a little bit of distance. And uh, you saw the Missouri State guys peter out while he was still motoring. So, yeah, really impressed with Bronson Recksteiner. You know, he had trouble with his wrist in the first year, and and fumbling was a problem. I think last year was a shoulder and a lower extremity injury. He's battled those things. To have a healthy Recksteiner, that's got to be, I mean, he's a big, impressive. Obviously, Played running back and some defense in high school. Came here listed as a linebacker because how big he was and how yeah, hard he hit. He
0: returned kicks in high school, Yeah, too. he
1: sure did. And, and he But he also was on the special teams the first couple years we saw here. And he excelled in that. And you can see him you know, laying the wood to some folks on the field. Now him carrying the ball, if you're a, a smaller uh, guy in the secondary, even a <laughs> linebacker, you want that guy plowing you over? No, probably not. So uh, what a weapon he is. To have him healthy, and you want to see him stay healthy the rest of the year and deep into the playoffs because that guy is – and he's fun to talk to. He's just a great presence. Yeah. And, you know, he walks out the owl walk, and, and when he's on the buses, he wears these big, uh, <laughs> macho man, Randy Savage-type uh, sunglasses. For those of you who don't know, his father wrestled in the WWF, the Steiner brothers. So he, he talked about Bill Goldberg being somebody that taught him the, the competitive edge uh, in the last podcast. So check that out. But – it's just great to have him healthy and to see him excel at his senior season.
0: He's also an effective receiver out of the backfield, which makes him even more scary when you add that speed into the mix because far more likely you're going to find him in space yeah. if you ever throw him a swing here or there, or a little screen one side or the other. And once he gets ahead of steam, man, I, I wouldn't want him running straight at me.
1: No, I mean, he's a, he's a <laughs> huge muscle guy, and he's and he's just – he's going to be very difficult to take down and coming across the middle some of those those uh corners and safeties weighing you know 165 170 yeah. pounds you know that's that's a brick wall you're going into so a uh, lot of good collisions with with Bronson Recksteiner, and, and he is a huge weapon that that we just didn't see coming Uh, early in the season
0: well the other thing about Reinhardt as we wind our way toward wrapping up this week's inside the nest this may be one of those games where unlike a lot of the FCS games the Owls will have some advantages even in terms of size you would think I haven't seen it too deep from Reinhardt as we sit here and do this today but the Owls would have some advantages in terms of size up front you would think on both sides of the ball and I think you alluded to it earlier As good as Reinhardt has been, and this is not a slight to the NAIA, but I'm not sure they're going to have seen the level of talent that they're going to face here on Saturday night. Well,
1: well, if Reinhardt comes into Fifth Third Bank Stadium and and beats Kennesaw State, it'll be – uh, certainly a regional story, if not a national story, because when underdogs like an oh, Appalachian yeah. State beat Michigan, you know, and the, and the divide between the Division One A, which at the time was Double A or FCS level, yeah. FBS level, it's not that much. Whereas NAIA and you know Division One football, there is a big difference. So Reinhardt's going to come in here an underdog. You mentioned it; it's their Super Bowl. Um, They're going to come out swinging. They want to have a good show. This game is not on their schedule just because they want to get beaten up. They want to come out and be impressive on the field. They're a good football team, well-coached. They run a similar offense. It's going to be fun to watch.
0: All right, well, that'll about wrap this episode of Inside the Nest Up. We, again, remind you that the game will come your way. 530 pregame show, 6 o'clock kickoff between the Owls and Eagles, the Battle of Birds, if you will, and this week – 13.40 a.m. along with 103.7 FM. And as generally, we always make the case you'll be able to get the game on TuneIn as well on your app, your smartphone, tablet, device, etc. want to say thanks to all of our guests. want to say thanks to Nathan over here to my left. The Owls and Reinhardt come your way Saturday. That'll do it for this edition of Inside the Nest. I'm Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary saying so long, everybody. Go Owls. Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest, and tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.